Welcome to the Ether. Today is Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Today on the Ether, DAOs are the future with DowDow, hosted by Cleomedes. Let's take a listen. All right. Um, I think, you know, we got Noah up here. We got Zeke up here. Um, I think we can probably get started and then people will kind of like come in and out as they will. What do you guys think? Yeah, we got Terra Spaces in here. So, you know, anyone who misses the beginning will easily be able to check that out so yeah shout out shout out to finn thanks for being here and for you know just doing the most important job on twitter to be honest um so yeah i guess real quick we can uh maybe introduce like the three of us who are hosting and then also introduce you know Noah and zeke for anyone who's not familiar with you know their role in dow dow um my name is avi uh i work as part of Cleomedes. Um, I basically do like business development and community management stuff. I also kind of help do some of the stuff with our like project management with our developers. Um, Ed, you want to introduce yourself? Yep. Hey, uh, I'm Ed, uh, running the Airdrops account, but uh, really also part of Spark team now. We're, we're merged with uh, Steady Crypto. So uh, we're doing lots of validation and lots of development behind the scenes. And then, yeah, I'm Timmy. Um, I'm pretty much known for being Timmy here on Twitter and, uh, founding Spark IBC, which I'm now building with the steady team behind the airdrops account. And yeah, we actually use DowDow for like a lot of our stuff for a while now, actually. So super excited for this. Nice. Yeah. I mean, DowDow team is easily one of the friendliest and one of the most productive uh, in the ecosystem. So without further ado, I'll have uh, Noah and Zeke go ahead and introduce yourselves and then maybe we can get started. Yep, I'm Noah. I work primarily on the front end of Dowdow and I like building cool revolutionary software. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Zeke. I work on the, the not front end half of Dowdow, so I write a lot of our smart contracts. Uh, I also like working on data and cool revolutionary software. Love it. I guess that's a, a perfect kind of transition into uh, the topic, which is anyone who may be unfamiliar, I guess, with Dowdow, um, maybe we can give them a brief introduction to what it is and maybe also like a one-liner on why people should care about high-quality Dow tooling because I don't think people grasp like the true gravity of what you guys are building. And um, like, I think a lot of crypto attention is on like DeFi and yields and stuff like this. So how do you think Dow tooling is basically setting the foundation for the future growth of the interchain? Yeah, I mean, also, Timmy, I, I don't know if you can see this, but I've updated my, my profile photo. Um, so it should be now a dinosaur bad kid. 
I feel so important. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so I think like at the base, like what data is really building is we're building a way for internet communities to govern themselves uh, and to manage finances um, and run like very productive uh, online communities and businesses and projects. Um, you really need good governance tools to build good projects. Um, so that is why I would say that DowDow is essential to the interchain future. Um, I'll let Noah, I think, can add some there too. Yes, I mean, if you want to get like philosophical here, which I think we all do, um, we kind of built this like, you know, digital internet society that like is completely ungovernable, you know, kind of able to be dominated by the powers that want money and, and power and can do that because they already have money and power. And so DAOs kind of provide this really, I think, necessary structure in this like non-geographic, ungovernable space to make it governable like the world that we choose to engage in and the communities that we choose to engage in in our real life. So I feel like they draw a lot of parallels between the way that we like set up civilization in person and the way that we set up civilization not in person, which is quickly becoming like the dominant way that we interact. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be really important for this, like, you know, building asynchronous communities, which is, you know, essentially what you guys were, were touching on. So I guess you could think of it as like the necessary infrastructure for us to take the next step into, you know, whatever it is that crypto is going to become. Yeah. So um, I guess at this point, we can kind of dive into the topics that we want to talk about. I can just mention... Uh, some of them quickly, me and Timmy are going to kind of, and Ed are going to take kind of some turns um, asking questions. Um, I think, so both Timmy and I have some experience using the interface, both with the DAOs and the multi-sigs, and then Ed hasn't used um, the platform as much. So it's going to be great because we'll have kind of perspective from people who are familiar with DAODAO and then also some perspective from people who maybe aren't as familiar with DAODAO. Um, but some of the things coming up in V2 that sound really interesting um, are the pre-proposal module, um, this idea of deploying validator DAOs, uh, the advent of sub-DAOs, and then um, also interchain accounts, AuthZ, and you know just other post-V2 rollout improvements like custom proposal flows and native token voting and all that kind of stuff. So that's those are kind of the topics that we'll be touching on. Um, I guess... I'll start and Timmy will take the next one. Um, the pre-proposal module. So uh, I don't know, maybe Zeke, this one's one for you since it's kind of on the smart contract end, but what is the intended use of the pre-proposal module? Like what's the the functionality that you guys were hoping to add with that addition? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so the pre-proposed module like sounds kind of technical, uh, but really what it is, is just a way to make really fine grand fine grain rules about how a proposal is created in your DAO. Um, I think we've seen a lot of like, if, you know, for people that have been following the DAO scene, um, you know, DAOs launch, they get proposals spammed, they forget to set their quorum. Um, you know, some DAOs want to appoint some executive council that, you know, actually executes proposals as sort of a final line of defense. Um, they may want to have draft proposals. Um, so the pre-proposed flow sort of lets you do whatever you'd like um, before you get to the actual like on-chain proposal that's going to get executed 
by your DAO. Um, a big reason that we built this um, out is something we really want DAOs to do and want DAO to grow towards is being really flexible. Um, I think that, you know, we can't really hope to like capture all of the nuances of what every community wants to run like. I think there's a huge amount of diversity in what these groups want. Um, and so what we're trying to do is to make our software customizable enough and configurable enough that, you know, any community can come in and ideally with no ex technical expertise configure their DAO as they want. And if they want really custom stuff, that should be as little technical expertise as possible. Um, so one of the things that the pre-proposed module is giving us is the ability for DAOs to do this really fine-grained customization of their proposal process um, without touching this very security critical code that does the actual creation and voting on of a proposal. Um, so I think pre-proposed is going to, as you know, we'll, we'll, to start, you'll see a couple basic things, like now you'll be able to pay in Juno to propose. So you could have a DAO like DogDAO, for example, where someone could pay you know, $1 um, in order to join the DAO. Um, but I think as time goes on, we'll see a lot of like interesting creative things happening with these pre-proposed flows. And just real quick, is this is this similar to like having um, um, like something on Commonwealth where there would be uh, a signaling proposal and there's a lot of back and forth? Is it something like that, or is it more like dials and knobs and and settings to configure for the DAO to run with going forward? Yeah, so it, it's it's both. Um, it it can be draft proposals if we choose to build it like that, um, and it can be dials. So actually, both of those are buildable with this pre-proposed system. Um, effectively, like the way to think about it is if this is something that happens before a proposal would be like on chain and solidified, um, we now have a way to build that in DAO and you can kind of build whatever you want in front of proposals. Yeah, the one thing that I think is like awesome, you guys take a really abstract approach towards development and all of DAO is like kind of like I guess like bare bones in its core modules so that when users do come in and they're like, Hey, we want to do this thing. And maybe it's not something like every DAO wants to do. They can still do that and plug it into your core contracts um, and not have to worry about like compromising, like any of the security since those core contracts have still been audited. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a very like, yeah, good point. And very much a goal of ours is like, if you want like really custom community governance, you shouldn't have to do that at the expense of like your DAO's security. And so as much as possible, we're trying to make our code super modular. So you can like select the section you want to modify, modify only that section. And then everywhere else you're using our like very well audited, very well tested. Uh, hopefully, I, I think very, very secure um, DAO contracts. And just maybe super, super quick question on top of this. Um, are these types of changes on, on this module could they be done like post-launch? Like now the DAO is up and running, there might've been a number of proposals already submitted and uh, completed. Can this happen without an additional vote? Like in other words, there's a group of people or somebody with permissions or authorization that can make these changes and have them go online right away? Or is there some sort of a waiting or voting period that has to take place after those changes are done? Yeah, so anything you change about your DAO uh, needs to happen via a vote. Um, or you need to have a vote to delegate someone the ability to make a change. Um, that said, all of this stuff, like 
like everything in Dowdow, um, you can sort of upgrade into when you want. Um, so if you're on V1 right now and you don't want pre-proposed, um, I'd actually encourage DAOs to stay with V1. Um, it's really safe. We know it works. Uh, it's been running in production for a long time. Um, but if you do decide that you want these features, um, you can do that. So you can make a vote to your DAO and say, hey, let's you know upgrade only this proposal flow. We'll leave everything else exactly the same. Um, add, add this pre-proposed module um, and you're good to go. You could also appoint someone, you know, it's a little technical. Uh, we don't have UI for this, but it's not actually that hard. Um, you could appoint someone the ability to do this sort of like managerial actions on your DAO. Um, and I think this is something that we're going to be working towards like with V3 uh, as we work on kind of like really fine-grained security features for these DAOs. This sort of authorization stuff's going to come with that. Great. Thank you. Nice. To me, uh, you want to take the, uh, the next one? I think you have interchain accounts. Yeah, sure. So as many people may or may not know, like uh, DowDow, DAOs and multisigs on DowDow are already able to sort of control smart contracts and do more than just act as like a wallet. In fact, we have all of our contracts for Spark IBC managed by a multisig on, on DowDow just for security. Um, so that if one of our individual wallets were to be compromised, that wouldn't actually be enough to change any of our codes. But I know that coming up soon, we have interchain accounts sort of slowly taking seed across the whole cosmos, which will allow control of smart contracts across ecosystems. I wonder if you guys could speak a little bit to like what you think that's going to enable and maybe if you have any insight, where that sort of thing might be happening first, as in like uh, what other chains are going to be enabling the proper interchain account modules to like let that happen. And yeah, because because I've been not too sure on that front. There's all this like talk of it coming soon, but two chains both need to have a certain type of module, right? Yeah, so that's a really good point. The, the real like limiter of interchain. So I guess let me start with like, how insanely cool interchain accounts are. Yeah, then we can touch on the DAO side. That'd be great. Yeah. So interchain accounts are this feature built on top of IBC. Um, and they effectively let like you, a, you know, a person, a DAO on a chain like Juno to have and manage an address on a different chain. Um, so, you know, my like personal example of this, which I think is just like insanely cool, is you could you know, once Akash supports interchain accounts, which, you know, they'd like to do, um, uh, a DAO on DAODAO can now vote to deploy a front end on Akash and run its own website. And so now, like, you know, your deployments are... And so now you have, like, the DAO's kind of running the whole show. Like, if you're building a DAO that has some sort of, like, smart contracts and web front end, the whole thing is now controlled by the DAO. Um, you know, something like JunoSwap, like right now the front end is just run by like, I think, you know, the JunoSwap team. Um, but wouldn't it be cool if the DAO also controlled that and then like knew that like no one can change this dramatically without like our permission. We can set what kind of permissionings we want um, and we can vote to change it. Uh, so I think that's what's like really Wait, cool. This yeah. might be kind of a maybe a stupid question if I'm just oversighting something. <laughs> But from a non-developer brain like myself, a front end is usually 
offline or off chain rather, even if it's like going through something like a Kosh, how could you permission something like that through Dowdow? That sounds super cool. Yeah. So the so the trick would be is that your Dowdow DAO is via interchain accounts controlling this address on a Kosh. And via that address, it's te- it's deploying the front end. So the same way like interchain accounts like let you do whatever an address on the other chain could do via your DAO. So addresses on Akash can pay Akash and then, you know, thus like get a web server deployment. Um, in the same way, once interchain accounts is enabled, a DAO on DAODAO will be able to deploy a web server or deploy, you know. Uh, right. Okay, that that's perfect. For anyone else with a non-dev brain like myself, okay. the, the way like Akash kind of works, as I understand it, and I'm sure I'm butchering this, so apologies, is like you can push all the changes or merge all the changes you want to a certain GitHub, but those won't actually reflect on the online public site until that new build is pushed yeah. through. So that's the step you could control via a DAO. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And then so interchain accounts also give you like a ton of other stuff too. Because um, now, if you're a DAO on DAO, you know a DAO on DAO on Juno, um, you could like LP your treasury on Osmosis, um, or like trade Stargaze NFTs. Um, so, like, really, like anything you can do as like yourself on a different chain by like switching the chain selector in your Kepler, uh, you can do with interchain accounts, which is like super cool. Gives DAOs a lot of cool powers. Also, Jake's here. <laughs> Hello, Jake. Yeah, I was gonna say I can I can let Jake up here if he wants to talk. I know he was uh, on the last space as well. Um, I I actually I wanted to to ask about um, this idea of yeah like kind of DeFi via DAOs because there's like obviously a lot of really cool things now you can do with interchain accounts and then because everything is run by smart contracts, it seems like you could almost even like automate like DeFi strategies without having to, let's say, like revote on like what to do with the LP or whatever. Is that, do you think that's going to be possible? Yeah. So th- I think this goes back again, like, and I think this is like a really good, actually like really cool. You guys are asking these questions um, about like authorize- authorizations. Um, I think it's really like, this goes back to that thing, like you want the DAO to like, do some action, like approve some action, i.e. say like, we want to LP on osmosis and then like give some other sub DAO the ability to do the actual like fine grain management of that. Um, and so like today, the probably the way you do that is like you'd have interchain accounts and then you'd make a sub DAO and you'd appoint that sub DAO and you'd say, hey, like here's the LP money. You know, we're still the admin of this sub DAO so we can always withdraw these privileges but you know, for now, you're this small group with a specific charter, which is manage our LP on osmosis. Um, and so I think like as DAODAO grows, we'll get even better at like these really fine-grained permissioning. Um, but for now, like, yeah, you could do this today and it'd be fun. So there's there's a, another really fun option is Croncats. So like a lot of people are starting to build extra functionality on top of DAODAO, and Croncat is a basically like a scheduler. So say you wanted to do something like uh, claim your staking rewards, sell 50% for USDC, and then stake the rest. Um, You could create a flow like that and you would give Croncat permission to execute, again, through authorizations, to execute those messages on behalf of the DAO. And uh, 
and then like every day I would just go and go and do it, um, which is pretty cool. But uh, also, hey everyone, uh, how's it going? Nice What's to going see, on, uh, Jake. Uh, see, see Zeke and Noah. Yes, hell yeah, Tendermint Tammy. Cool. Great, Terra Spaces out yeah, there. Yeah, no, we see. actually. One of the things we definitely want to touch on on this is like off Z in general, and we're definitely going to bring Croncats into the mix. Love to see that they're in the audience right now. Um, on the on the interchain accounts thing, though, I have like a, a weird question I hadn't considered for. So normally, like if an average user in an average wallet is using interchain accounts, you know, I have my address on Juno, I have my address on Osmosis, and even though they're technically you know separate addresses separate wallets because separate chains they have the same monomic and so kepler kind of treats them as one account and that's really easy but if i have a multi-sig on juno i understand how interchain accounts could let me control and influence smart contracts on other chains but what do you do about like managing a wallet like when you does does that make sense? Like how? Because on on another chain, how do you have a wallet that can only be touched and managed by a multi sig that was created on Juno? Like I'm thinking of your Osmosis well, example. Where do those funds live? It it goes down to like how interchain accounts work, uh, at least in the current implementation. So before you can have an interchain account, you have to register an interchain account. So there's this special message in uh, the IBC module called register interchain account. And what that'll do is it'll go go off on the other chain and it'll make you an account on the other chain that is only controlled by a special IBC channel by your account. Um, so yeah, the, the, you have to like register an account on the other chain. Uh, and the IBC module uh, makes sure that only your account can call that module. Uh, so you've just, uh, you've effectively created a proxy account. Now, after you've registered that account, then you can send it whatever message you want. Um, that's kind of high level how it works. Uh, okay. So, no, that, so, that so effectively, makes... Timmy, it's, it's almost like if there is a multi-sig on one side, it, cre- it sends this message the way I understand it, and it creates a, re- a corresponding wallet on some other chain, but then it's still controlled by the multi-sig on Juno. Yeah. Yep. I like the term proxy wallet there, Jake. I think that painted a good picture in my head. Yeah, but that that's the correct understanding. Unlike, you know how like your Juno address and your Osmosis address kind of look very similar? This is not the case with interchain accounts. Like, uh, right. So, uh, you know, there's tools you can use to convert addresses. I would not use those if you're trying to figure out what the interchain account. I actually don't know if they're to deterministic or not. Um, but it's a good question, actually. Let me go look, find cool. out. Okay, yeah, I hadn't actually like gotten to that thought ever before. Interchain accounts seem so simple in theory to me until I thought about like multi-sigs and DAOs. But okay, awesome. Um, Avi, I wonder if you might want to jump in here a little, just because I'm actually not as familiar with what you may have heard on like the uh, sort of NFT side of things. I know that um, you have some notes here about possible lending pools, DeFi stuff. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that stuff is maybe still being developed. I know Umi is working on creating kind of like a lending platform and they've talked about using NFTs as like collateral and stuff like that. So I guess that's kind of more of like on the horizon type stuff. Um, I I guess the one thing that, you know, 
I did want uh, maybe Zeke to touch on, and I, I kind of want to get Noah in the mix here too, with regard to like how all of these things plug into the front end. So maybe um, I'll have Zeke talk a little bit about ICS 721, since I know that's kind of like his his baby, and and kind of like what what that means for the future of the interchain, because I think that's going to be really cool. And then uh, Noah, if you want to talk maybe about like some of the work that's gone into integrating all these updates into the front end and like maybe some of the favorite things you're excited about um, that are differentiating V1 and V2's look and feel. Yeah, I can start with ICS 721. Um, so if you're in this call, you know, it's good. It's good to know about ICS 721, uh, which is so that's an IBC protocol and it lets you transfer NFTs between blockchains. So as soon as this is live, like right now you've got your like raccoon NFTs and they're on secret and they can't leave. And then you've got like Juno punks and stuff on Juno. You've got bad kids on Stargaze and we've got all these NFT marketplaces and they're like sort of just stuck on their chains. Um, but once you have ICS 721, um, we can start moving those NFTs between chains. Um, so you could start trading your raccoon NFTs on Stargaze or trading your bad kids on Juno. Um, so it's going to sort of let uh, NFTs be everywhere, make things more liquid. Um, another advantage, another thing that we're excited about, about ICS 721, is this means that DAO DAOs can start holding NFTs um, from a bunch of other places. So like right now, you know, Raccoon DAO like exists on DAO DAO on Juno. Um, but it's kind of unfortunate <laughs> that like that DAO can't currently hold Raccoon NFTs because they're on secret. Um, but as soon as we ship ICS 721, uh, that gets fixed. And now NFTs can be anywhere, which is pretty exciting. Yeah. So on top of that, I feel like one of the biggest things about V2 um, it's just the feel that you have your own profile or you are like your own identity on the site. Um, and so with Interchain NFTs, that allows us to represent you by the NFT that you associate with your Discord username, your Twitter username. Um, and so that I think that's really powerful because now everywhere that you perform an action, you'll have your little NFT and your associated name um, that you use your, your wallet signature to verify um, as yourself. And so I think that like in the, in the voting list and in the proposal creation view, it'll just feel like you're actually kind of in, in a community with people as opposed to just a bunch of cryptographic addresses. Um, yeah, and Zika already touched on what that means for DAOs holding NFTs, but that really allows like a lot of interchain commerce and, and businesses to have a lot more um, financial capabilities, which I think is really significant. Yeah, it, it, to, to your point too, like I, I also agree, like profiles on data, are going to be one of the coolest parts of V2. And like at first, they're just going to be kind of fun. Like you're going to go on data and you're able to like set your Stargaze bad kid as your data profile photo. And now when you vote, um, you know, your, your selected username and profile photo show up in that vote. So, you know, if you're looking at like dev fund votes, instead of seeing, you know, random address, random address, random address, um, you can actually see like Kevin voted yes on this proposal. I like Kevin in the audience. <laughs> um, so I think that, you know, that's going to be the start. And then profiles are like so important to building good systems for voting because like so much of DAOs is like reputation and trust. 
and also like transparency. So, you know, now that we have these profiles, you know, as time goes on, we can start like building an identity on Dowdow. And so, you know, maybe you want to like elect someone to like manage this sub DAO that's, uh, that's LPing your treasury on osmosis. Um, and now like when people are reviewing this vote, they can say, okay, we're going to nominate Kevin to manage this stuff. Uh, let's click his profile. And then now on there, they can see, okay, you know, here's the proposals that they've interacted with. Here's their votes on those proposals. We can see like, this guy seems really trustworthy. He seems like a very active DAO member. That totally makes sense to appoint them this position. Um, so I think profiles are really going to build a lot of like, going to let build let, let a lot of like social or social trust networks form on data, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I think honestly, like that, this is probably one of my favorite parts of the UI because like I can speak from personal experience, like even on like a multi-sig, for example, you're like, man, like this person still needs to vote. Who the fuck is this like address? And I have to like yeah. go look it up in my like Word document and then pester them. So it'll make my life a little bit easier pestering people. But more importantly, what you're saying is, you know, you're going to establish your own reputation in, in governance. And it's not just like within that DAO, it'll be like across all DAOs because you'll use that same profile and you'll earn like either like NFTs, popes or badges of like, you know, you've done X proposals or whatever. I think like this type of stuff is going to be really, really important for I hate to use the word like on-chain reputation, but it's like it's kind of like that where people can now know what to expect from you as a user, especially if you're anonymous and like that's all you have for you. Like I think Popmos is the perfect example, right? Like def definitely like some people are like, oh, anonymous developer, whatever, but it's like the proofs in the pudding, like they're putting out work and you can see like the actual like progress that's being made. So then you you kind of trust this person, kind of like you would in an online game, um, even though you've never met the person. There's like, they've achieved a certain level, they've put in a certain degree of work, and I'm really excited about that. Um, so thank you to Noah, because that's, that's like the, this is going to be a huge improvement, I think. Yeah, it'll be fun. Everyone have their, you know, their bad kids, have little personalities. Yeah. I, I really like the word like protocol politician. I've, I see this thrown around some places, but you know, to your point about like having reputation, like people are going to be in a lot of different DAOs casting a lot of different votes. And now like you can have different identities, um, you know, sort of, you're kind of politicking. You, you, you really like become more than just this random string of addresses and letters and become like a person on, you know, so pretty excited yeah. for that. Yeah. The psychological impact will be huge. And beautiful. It'll look awesome. <laughs> when Dow real life governance. I mean, that's gonna happen one day. I, I know it will. It's it's gonna it's we're heading there. This is like the very beginning of that. It's very exciting stuff. Um I guess uh I, I wanted to touch quickly on the topic of validator DAOs. We don't have to say too long here because I think it's pretty straightforward. Basically, the idea is you would deploy a node via Dow DAO. Um and I guess just one thing to like confirm, because uh, it, it's important for us at Cleanmedia's because we're basically trying to decentralize our governance and get our delegators involved uh, in governance. I think it's going to be helpful, not only as a validator to scale and remain involved in the networks that you're validating, but also it creates kind of like a more well-informed community. Um, so is the idea with ICA, we're going to be able to deploy validators on 
you know, various chains collect all of those revenues into um, a single DAO treasury? Or would it be like basically a treasury that's got associated interchain accounts um, from all the various chains? And like, would there, I guess you could even use Croncats to set up like a schedule to like sell your awards from various chains and then like bring all of that commission back to Juno, for example, if you wanted to. Uh, do I have a correct grasp on that? Yeah, I think that'll work. Uh, I've not done validator DAOs with interchain accounts. Uh, we've done validator DAOs on like just one chain, but uh, honestly, I think they would work with interchain accounts too. And then you could set up something like Croncat to like, yeah, scheduling, like claiming all the rewards, things like that. Croncat, I think, is really another thing that kind of gives DAOs superpowers because, again, we don't want to have to vote on everything all the time. We don't want to, if you're, if there's a validator DAO and they're validating like 10 chains, do you really want to vote to like claim the rewards on all those chains and then restake them and like com compound them to, or like withdraw them all to the DAO treasury to like pay out to the stakers or whatever? Like that's, yeah. So Croncat is, I think, going to be really great for like automating a lot of those flows, uh, you know, and the great thing about that is you're like, you have like a predefined message that's being authorized. So like, you don't have to worry about like Croncat, like stealing your funds. They can only like claim rewards on your, on your behalf, but those rewards go to your account. So that's like perfectly fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think that what you described would totally work. Um, awesome. And then Jake, since I have you here, I heard you mention party DAO and a rave token. And I just, I instantly want to know more about this. Uh, I think uh, I had this idea that I really wanted the first validator DAO to be like kind of uh, not just one validator, but like a coalition of validators. I thought this would be actually really cool. It was like rather than having just one validator and they're launching like a token. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but uh, I'm sorry. Uh, there's like I'm, I'm in San Francisco and there's loud noises. Uh, I thought it'd be really cool to have like a like a, a DAO with like a mission where a bunch of validators would run nodes for the DAO. So the way that PartyDAO is working on the technical level is we're using Horcrux, and there's going to be seven validators that validate for the PartyDAO, and they each run one node. They're all different validators. Um, they all have their like different validator companies, but you know, they're each running one node for PartyDAO, um, which I think is pretty fun. And yeah, the, the whole point of PartyDAO is to throw really awesome underground raves. So rave token. Be on the lookout. That sounds very exciting. And I'm fucking stoked on that. Thank you for kind of giving some more info. Maybe, maybe, maybe you guys want to run a node for party now. Like could be, it could be fun. Would love to do that. I'll reach out to you about it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I, I think, yeah, yeah. I very into that idea. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll quickly touch on my next topic. And then Timmy, um, if you want to, we kind of talked about Otzi, but. There might be some some more stuff to dig into there, but my main question for sub DAOs because I think it's pretty clear sub DAOs are you know for delegating tasks to like certain kind of like people within DAOs, but I guess is it going to be possible for a DAO to import like a multi sig as a sub DAO? So like if they already have a multi sig set up and they were using it kind of as a sub DAO before sub DAOs emerged, can we then? Import that that multi sig as a sub DAO once the DAO is formed. Yep, 
hundred percent super easy. It's actually exactly the same flow as adding a regular sub DAO. So you can you can you know DAOs can DAOs can join other DAOs, become sub DAOs of other DAOs um, quite easily. I love that. Okay, that's that's literally all I wanted to know. Um, <laughs> Jake, you're cutting out. Jake, you're robot mode right now. How about through now? it? Am I all good? Sounds better. Maybe, hopefully, not a robot. Nope, all good. All right. Okay, that's sweet. Uh, I think it's important to note that, like, yes, a, an existing multi sig can become a sub DAO, but you know, there's like for security reasons, we don't want like you know just any DAO to like be able to make us multi sigs a sub DAO. So the multi sig has to vote in order to become a sub DAO. Uh, if it was created not as a sub DAO, it's a fully independent sovereign multi-sig and that multi-sig has to elect to become a sub DAO. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Cause we, we, you know, we have a few multi-sigs set up and one of them is like a developer fund. So I just thought it would be great to be able to kind of import that. So it's good to know that, that that's going to be possible. Um, Timmy, you want to, or I guess, Ed, did you have any clarifying questions that you wanted to ask before we move on to the next topic? No, this is great. I really like the the profile bit. I know I'm kind of going back in time, but the whole establishing trust and, um, you know, figuring out the personas across various DAOs and for chains and whatnot, I think that definitely puts the spotlight on accountability, maybe a little bit. Probably also, you know, some other people are probably going to just spin up multiple profiles just to get away with stuff. But nevertheless, this is really cool. And uh, I really like the trust that's going to go into a profile and into voting and, and the track record that a persona has. Also, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Zeke. I was just saying me too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Bullish on DAOs. Um, so uh, I guess before we move on to the, the next thing, I know... Croncats is in the in the crowd. If you guys want to come up and speak, I don't know if it's Mike or someone else on the account, feel free. And then yeah. Wind, Wind Power Stake also hopped up here. I didn't know if you had a question or wanted to comment on something. Sorry, we kind of got lost in conversation. Hey, Croncats, what's up? Hey, everybody. This Yo. is Trevor with the Croncats. Hey, oh, actually, before we get into Croncat stuff, just because that's very like kind of off Z tied in. Um, I get questions fairly often from people about like what exactly Aussie is just from like a basic level. And we already touched on it quite a bit, but um, I just, I guess I'll do like a quick little overview to give everyone the context context for what Croncats will probably chat with us about. So like basically the way I've found best to explain it is it's a feature on chain that allows for a certain type of action be that claiming rewards, sending uh, funds, whatever, to be executed by a third party. So you give someone else permission to do this. And you can also put stipulations on things like the recipient. Like you can only do a transfer and you can only do it to this sort of address. So I think where Croncats comes in there is their automated scheduling of things is a, a smart contract on chain, obviously that you give permission to do these things uh, automatically and it can only do those things. And I think we have a perfect example um, right now for Spark, uh, the Spark validator on Juno. Once a week uh, when we take our commissions, we actually manage that through, uh, or at least our commissions wallet is a multi-sig. So we go in there once weekly, um, claim rewards, 
um, as well as commissions, restake them with our validator, and that's a manual process. Um, but with the beauty of Croncats and DowDow, we could basically automate that and give a Croncat smart contract permission to do those things on a certain time basis. Um, that's my understanding of it. I want to turn it over to the, the Croncat guys, but I think I just wanted to jump in because we had like a perfect personal example of how we'll actually be using these features. That's so perfect. Um, just to slightly expand on that, when you're in, in DowDow creating a proposal, you're actually creating the proposal for the schedule. And then from there, Croncat would take over and be able to do the execution, just like you said. So that way it's not like, we need a proposal every time this thing needs to happen. It's your DAO deciding the strategy and then Croncat just taking over on the automation piece that you decided. And then, yeah, just like you were saying with Auth-Z, um, it's actually pretty flexible. So you can do things that are permissioned with Auth-Z or they can be just basically messages, raw messages that happen at different intervals of time that you specify. Um, and then we also have kind of event-based. So if you want to be like, when I have accrued, you know, 100 Juno in rewards, then claim it. And then split out those between maybe re-delegating or, you know, move that to the treasury and, and then some dollar cost average over to some other assets so you diversify. The whole idea there is that it's flexible enough to where we we are changing our, our tagline here to be if this, then that for blockchain. So it's really, really flexible to do whatever you need to do. And we're, we're shipping some stuff later this week that'll basically allow DAOs to have payroll. You can set up, maybe you want to pay or stream payments to multiple contributors within your DAO. The whole idea is that you can, you know, your DAO decides how much you want to pay on a daily, weekly, who cares interval. And then once the DAO approves that, then yeah, you can start paying your contributors. That's awesome. I, uh, Trevor, it's nice to meet you. I've only, I've only spoken with Mike before a couple of times, um, but he has obviously great things to say about you. So it's cool to meet you here. Um, I was just going to ask how kind of briefly, I want to know like how the kind of the back end of Croncats works. Cause I think Mike had previously mentioned to me that it might be kind of set up in a way where, uh, Croncat serves as like the medium for where people can go and then, you know, maybe like capture some of the gas fees for executing that transaction. Is that still the way it's going to work? Or are you guys basically just doing that on your own? And if you guys are doing it, then like, what's the incentive for you guys to do so? Like, what's the fee structure look like? Mm, yeah, totally. Uh, we only want to be a public good where other people can actually run this agent that runs the, the software of Croncat. So anybody can run this agent and they get a little incentive for executing at the right time. And so basically what we do is we deploy contracts on each chain that supports, you know, Cosmosm. And then for those that don't, we'll do like interchain account stuff. But that, that contract is managing when tasks can execute and the agents that, that run these like really tiny services um, can just profit from executing exactly when the manager wants them to. So, yeah, we really just wanted it to be like anybody could onboard. You could actually have like no crypto or anything. You could you could start earning 
um, native assets by helping run the scheduled part. And, and also, um, if you're a little bit more skilled, you can optimize your agent and make it really good running our like event driven stuff. That's really cool. Yeah. And so I'm assuming then it's just like whatever fees are paid, like let's say if Cleomedes wants to automate something, we would pay that fee and then that user would then get like a percentage of those fees and the rest of the gas would be going to just like execute the transaction. Yeah. So for example, we really don't charge that much. The whole idea is that, you know, you would attach maybe 5% extra above the gas payment. Um, and that would cover the incentive for those agents. Um, and we were kind of going back and forth about maybe we take a little bit off of that to fund continuous development in our Croncat DAO. But yeah, there's there's a lot up in the air on that one. <laughs> Got it. That makes sense. I see a world also where like, you know, we have DAOs run, running validators. I don't see why a DAO can't run the agents. I mean, uh, someone in the DAO would have to volunteer to run the agent. But, you know, the fees could go to the DAO. I would love that. Yeah, let's see that happen. It's cool to see. I mean, I, I was talking to Mike about this, like, I don't know, like a few months ago. And it's cool to see it finally come to fruition because... I feel like some chains like Fetch have been talking about like this autonomous agent thing forever and I still haven't seen anyone like doing it. So I'm stoked that you guys, you know, had the funding to be able to make this happen because it's going to be a huge need, obviously. What do you mean? Didn't uh, didn't AI chain just come out of nowhere and wow us all? (laughs) Yeah, the whole the whole AI meme thing really, really took off and then just kind of was a a big nothing burger. Um, I have. I have one other little thing on uh, Aussie, actually, before we move on, if 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 you were planning on it. Um, Jake, I've actually been meaning to reach out to you for a while now. I've done some work with uh, both Noah here and Tom from EcoStake in trying to get Restake to work uh, with some of our DAOs and multisigs. And so far, we've had some like weird roadblocks. So kind of like question to all you guys, because it's been a moment since we did that. Is there any like maybe progress on that front? I know other people are also wondering. And then uh, in general, Jake, I was told to get in touch with you as probably the man to help figure it out. And I've been forgetting. <laughs> uh, so there is progress on the front. Frankly, I'm really bullish on on Crowncat for this stuff. I think it's just a better architecture. And Trevor is like a genius. Uh, and... I think they've done it really, really well. Uh, and it's a lot more than just restaking. Like you can really create these like flows, um, which is, is really sick. But there is progress happening on the Aussie front too. So like one of the things with Aussie right now with smart contracts in Wasm, at least in Wasm uh, version 29, uh, is that you can only grant permissions on the level of execute all smart contracts, which is way too broad. Uh, in the next version of, of Wasm, I think 30, uh, there will be, or maybe it will be 31. Uh, there is a working PR already for adding much more granular permissions for contracts. So for example, you have permission to execute a specific contract and then a specific message on that specific contract, which I think is going to make Aussie a lot more useful in terms of working with smart contracts. But, um, Honestly, I, I really do think like Croncat has the best approach when it comes to uh, when it comes to this stuff. Okay, Aussie, cool. 
I think it's worth noting that that will make subdows extra powerful too, because you can delegate specific permissions and functionality to subdows. Yeah, I was actually I was going to ask like, does that also mean that if a user is not like super active in voting, that they could delegate their like DAO voting power to someone else? They, yeah, they, wait. I'm not sure about that actually. Actually, yeah, I think you could. Uh, though delegation is something that uh, we actually had in data beta, but we didn't have UI for, so no one used it because UI is like really the thing that makes it real. <laughs> um, I, I do think we're gonna get back to like building a nice delegation interface for DAOs because I think uh, yeah, there's a lot of really cool models that you can build with that. Uh, I think it's a little bit too early, but like as DAOs get bigger and bigger, you kind of want people that are a little bit more engaged and. Some people might be uh, less engaged in a DAO. Maybe like you're just like curious about a DAO. Like you're curious, you want to be a part of DAO, party DAO, for example. You just want to go to the parties. Uh, you just want to be like not super involved in like organizing them. And so you could delegate, you know, your vote to someone who's like a much more active like party DAO member. Uh, and I think a, a really cool thing we could get on top of that is maybe like a sort of commission system, which would be really sick where... You know, the people that are really involved in the DAO and get a lot of delegations to vote, you know, they, they can like earn commission kind of like a validator would. It's exactly the kind of same model where, you know, stakers in the DAO are still getting their staking rewards. But, um, you know, they, they pay commission to like the more active like DAO members to be active on their behalf. Um, I'm really excited about this kind of models. But, you know, that, that's probably not going to land in, in DAO V2. Uh, that's probably going to be like a, a next version, but it, it is something I'm really excited about, especially as we get into DAOs that are a lot bigger and a lot more uh, act, active, you know, things like WinDAO or, you know, PartyDAO or whatever. And I think it's a, you know, I'm, I'm always like looking for ways that like people who are contributors to DAO, they might not be on a payroll, but there's like some easy, you know, kind of like running a validator. There's like an easy business model for like how you can be active in a DAO and like, earn incentives to be act, an active member of a DAO. Um, so I think all that stuff is really exciting. Uh, you uh, obviously I, with Auth Z uh, in the next version of WASMD, which will be out really soon, uh, you could build like a, a hacky version of this where you could like allow someone to vote on your behalf. But, you know, I think long term we want to build like this delegated voting system with like commission as well. Yeah, I we're definitely going to do profiles, so that's going to evolve into the ability to do delegated voting. Um, but like Jake says, I think a lot of that is, um, you know, it's sort of like, what do we focus on? And it's like, okay, right now it's probably like building these really big DAOs, like building the need for vote delegation. And then once it's there, then we can start, I think we're going to build a really, really cool vote delegation system. Yeah, I think with the beta version of DAO, when we had delegation, like, it was too early. Like we need DAOs that are actually big enough to like make use of this kind of feature. Like a lot of our DAOs are tend to be a little bit smaller now, and that's fine. But you know, as things grow, we like we're like setting ourselves up, especially with all the work that Zeke and Noah have done on like profiles and stuff to like really, you know, build a very nice like delegation and like commission experience experience for you know people that want to be more active members of larger DAOs. Yeah, I I love that your head went there because that's exactly what I was thinking in terms of incentivizing like informed governance participation. Cause I think like for us, like as a validator, I think we have like over 20,000 unique delegators. And I've noticed that, you know, every month or so we'll have 
one person that steps forward and just like makes this awesome contribution. And we're like, damn, like we really want to compensate this person. And the only way we can do it right now is to like, I guess theoretically we could pay a percentage of commissions, um, but like having a built-in system where like we could pay them in, in native tokens and not just like our own token, I think would be, would be really awesome. So yeah, we're looking forward to that. And I think this may actually, unless Jake, you wanted to comment on that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's all about options. Like payroll is a really great feature. That is something that we're also actively working on and that Croncat's working on, uh, you know, but payroll is good for certain kinds of, kinds of contributors. What I love about these like commission systems is they're very like organic. It's really, um, it's, it's a great way for contributors to like, you know, get, find a way to like become active members and get incentives, but like not necessarily have to do like, like payroll is like a pretty like heavyweight kind of thing. You probably only want to use it for your like super core contributors and maybe not every DAO wants to have payroll. Maybe, uh, the great thing about like a commission system is, is a lot more of like a meritocracy sort of thing. Uh, or I, I think it's good to have options and, uh, I'm, I'm really excited and excited, you know, maybe as we get to it towards 2.5 or V3 to like, you know, kind of build out some of these like delegation and commission features. Cause I think those, those will be great options for many types of DAOs. Yeah. I mean, it's like the flexibility of like W2 and 1099 employees, right? Like we have that in the real world for a reason and we should definitely kind of have that in, in the DAO world as well. Um, I, I, that's actually a really good transition to kind of the next part of the combo. And I know we're coming up on an hour here. So I want to be kind of like cognizant of everyone's time and also maybe let some people come up and ask questions if they want. Um, but Post V2 rollout, I know V2 hasn't happened yet, but like some other cool things on the horizon um, that maybe you guys want to talk about, like maybe even something along the lines of if we're validating a network and we want to figure out like how our, our delegators feel about a certain proposal, like will we be able to kind of like use our governance token in DowDow to gather that sentiment and then like vote in like perfect alignment with with how the people who voted um, on our like DAO governance proposal feel about like an on-chain proposal? Yeah, one one thing in that area that I'm excited for, like I think will happen shortly after V2 is multiple choice proposals, um, which will let you do that. Like if you wanted to like say, hey, like should we vote yes or no on this governance proposal? You could make a multi, multiple choice proposal where one option is vote yes and one is vote no. Um, so I think that's going to allow that kind of stuff. I think um, it's also good for signaling too. Like here's a bunch of options of like, you could do a signaling proposal, for example, of like, we're looking at these kind of different options, like which of these options should we like consider or explore more? Nice. Yeah. I think it's just going to bring even more flexibility to, to governance. Um, are there anything else that you guys want to touch on? I know I, I kind of had this little note at the bottom to ask about the inbox feature. Noah, I don't know if you want to maybe talk a little bit more about that and, and how that's going to, you know, help streamline the governance experience for users. Yeah, one sec. Sorry, currently in the elevator. Oh, no worries. <laughs> yeah. Um, Inbox is really cool. I feel like right now, you know, you, don't, you kind of have to manually check your DAOs every day. That's not really an ideal situation. The current Inbox on V1 is... Um, pretty slow and it actually just queries like all of your DAOs and all of the proposals and all the open ones and then 
Um, the new one is just like very fast. They'll send you notifications when you're on the site if there's a new one added. Um, it's just like, I think it's the central place that people will want to be looking for their proposals, whereas right now there's not really one. Um, it should be exactly as you, as you expect, you know, like an email inbox to work just for your proposals. And then once you vote on something, it'll go away so you know that it's taken care of. Nice. And one question I have about that specifically is like, is it going to be possible, like, for example, Snapshot right now allows you to use like a webhook to then post that to Discord when something goes live. And so do we or do we think we're going to have that sort of integration with DowDow as well in the future where once a proposal goes live, you know, it automatically sends a message to a Discord channel that, you know, it's time to go vote? Yeah, so... The inbox is now in V2 actually built on top of a subquery indexer, which is a fully um, API-enabled web, like web server that will just respond immediately with GraphQL. Um, so you can totally, we can totally make bots on top of this. I know there's actually, I think someone dropped one in the Dowdow Discord like a week ago or so um, that made a Telegram bot that listened to proposals. Um, so totally, we just have to make it. It's already ready to do that, though. Yeah, there's actually a couple of teams that have been working on like similar sorts of bots. Uh, actually, during HackWasm in Colombia, uh, the StarryBot team actually built this feature for StarryBot so that it's not shipped yet, um, It's a, but I, I think it's going to come out soon. Uh, they built a working prototype during uh, HackWasm and yeah, like uh, basically like it's exactly like you described, like a new proposal comes out and like the Discord gets pinged in a certain channel. So really excited for that and there are other teams that are kind of working on those bots and the work that noah and like the data team have done on like subquery will make it easier and easier to build these kind of like web 2 bots on top of like the data that's like and the events that are happening in a data dow so yeah we're hoping to move most of the events that happen from smart contract state to these indexers just because there's no reason to have any security or state um effects from a smart contract that should be just doing the you know the simple um secure logic and so soon all of all of the data that you see should be queryable which would be awesome for for interactions and, and everything and one of the really cool things about these indexers is they are open source too so you can like oh, yeah. actually run you know like i think that that is like a really important part of decentralization indexers are really really great for like building kind of these like Web two integrations on top of DowDow, um, and it's really great to like be able to use things like subquery, which provide a really nice developer experience and a really nice API, uh, but are ultimately like open source and can be like run in a cache or or where wherever you know. Um, and on top of all of those benefits, we get an insanely fast UI because all of the data is ready to go right away, as opposed to querying ten different contracts at the same time. It's like, I feel like it's Christmas. Like, there's just so many features rolling out. Like, what the hell, guys? Um, wow. I don't, yeah. I mean, it's, I have. It's because uh, Zeke and Noah and really the rest of the Dowdow contributors, everyone's a beast. It's great. Beast mode. Absolutely. Just, just really quick, maybe to clarify something, and I, and I apologize in advance. So, if, and not to plug interchain info, but if we wanted to build a dashboard, of various governances out there in Cosmos. It could be on DAO, DAO could be on chains, and somebody with their wallet would just subscribe to seeing what, you know, whatever things they're interested in. 
Could we pull that externally? Uh, is there something that's going to be exposed by data where a third party can pull in um, all the governance that's out there or whether or not the quorum's been reached and things like that? Um, that's not ready yet, but it definitely be at some point in the future. Uh, right now, you can pull in like list of DAOs created and all of their like metadata associated with them, um, proposals that have been created, who's voted on what proposals, all that stuff. Um, but then we could definitely eventually add all that information as well. Thank you. Got it. Yeah, the idea is that like these subgraphs, these subquery graphs, will be like open source and that like people that want to build on top of them will be able to like utilize them or run their own subquery graphs. Very cool. Very cool. I think we're seeing a lot of, you know, just we ran a poll and lots of people just said, yeah, we'd love to go to one centralized place and customize whatever we want to subscribe to and just get notifications for those things and mute out the rest. And so it'd be really cool if we can tap into that somehow in the future. Timmy, uh, you have a question? You got your hand up. Yeah, I just, I have to jump at the 15 minute mark here. And so I just wanted to make sure I kind of get in this last point that only just hit me. Um, I've been like a huge fan of you guys for a while. I think the first time I had you on one of my spaces, I probably wasted the first 20 minutes rambling about how like probably my favorite project in Cosmos, just because of the real world utility and of both on-chain and off-chain, just real utility that's not just sort of the circle jerk of DeFi or the uh, speculative nature of NFTs or whatever. Like it's just fantastic tooling to accomplish a goal. And only this time that it kind of hit me that even outside of the on-chain world and Web3 and our little bubble, what you guys have effectively done is taken one of the last remaining like components of culture and organized society and appified it. Like everything else has kind of gone that way from hobbies like, you know, uh, photography used to be a manual thing in a black room. Now we have Photoshop and digital cameras. Um, communities in a general sense used to be localized and in person. Now we have a number of apps for them, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. But like governance in a general sense has always been this like very esoteric thing, really, that the average person doesn't have the ability to use for things or apply to, uh, you know, their daily life projects they might want to build, whatever. And you guys have kind of like captured this thing that before was really reserved for like governments and other sort of big entities and put it in this extremely accessible app form. And like, I think that's the like core beauty that I'm starting to see with DowDow is it's so much more than an on-chain tool. It's this concept that's been around forever and is crucial to the way we all live that is now far more dynamic and accessible to anybody. And in like a provably fair way that the blockchain provides, yada, yada. But that just kind of hit me while while listening to this whole talk. And just in case I had to dip out at uh, 4.15 without uh, jumping in, I wanted to make sure I, I mentioned that because I think I fall in love with what you guys are building more every single time we talk, like totally honest. <laughs> it's just awesome. That's how we feel too. Every time we get together, we're just talking about the philosophical sickness that we're doing. It's hard. To Philosoph kind of philosophical sickness. Can that be the little yeah. like slug for, you know, when you Google Dow Dow under the title, it just says philosophical sickness. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I do have to say that, like, I haven't heard 
a ton of people in my own personal circles use the word sick. And I love that Zeke and Noah both do. And uh, yeah, it, it makes me happy. It brings a smile to my face. Oh, what also makes me happy is Zeke, literally right now, your profile picture just updated for me. <laughs> yeah. Right on my face. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, we could probably go on forever. Um, I, I, I have so many more questions, but we can save it for, for another space. And I'm going to let Wrecked uh, gang who came up here maybe ask a question. They had their hand raised. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I wanted to say I'm a huge fan of DowDow as well. Uh, we're Wrecked gang. We're a multi-chain NFT DAO on Ethereum, Polygon, and, and Terra. Now we're coming over to Juno. So we run elections actually for our council members and different divisions, or we call them leads. And um, I just kind of want to come back to one of the points that was touched upon at the end of the discussion, which is payment or salaries. And I think this is super key for, for DAOs as a whole. We have some contributors that do a lot and others that are just kind of members that are voting. And it's important to kind of keep that motivation for the members that actually do contribute a lot and have some sort of um, decentralized way of, of, of compensating them. I think it's, uh, it's very tricky. Right now, we're doing monthly salaries as well as payment for certain specific bounties or certain specific tasks. But uh, we're, we're still kind of exploring on the best way of doing it. I know on if they have coordinate, which is a, another tool. Um, I just kind of wanted your guys' feedback or your guys' comments on how you think it's going to play out on how we can kind of do a DAO to earn model and, and motivate people to kind of continuing to participate in the DAO governance and, and uh, the whole project as a whole. Yeah, I think that there's there's like a lot there. Um, the like the the key is just like yeah, like once we have payroll, you can start paying people better. Um, I think that one direction we will eventually go in the in this area is like having vote incentivization. Um, so like paying people to actively participate in a DAO. Um, though I I will say that I think this is a really like nuanced thing because you you don't you don't really just want to like pay someone to vote um you want to like pay someone to think critically and you know vote well um and so i think that like this is something we've been thinking about for quite some time and we have like the ability in our contracts to do vote incentivization um but the biggest limiter is just like probably just seeing how things start start playing out and seeing how this stuff naturally emerges and then we'll like build systems around it to make it really easy. Yeah, the way I think about it is compensation like is a is a big topic and every DAO is going to want to do incentives and compensation differently. Uh we I think are just trying to create all the tools so that people can you know, uh, do compensation how they want to do compensation in their DAO. So payroll is obviously something that's coming up. Uh, payroll only makes sense for, I think, certain kinds of DAOs. So uh, we talked earlier about like the delegation and commission system. So being able to delegate your vote to someone and that person earns like a, a percent commission off of like whoever like, you know, delegates to them in the DAO, which is also, I think, a really cool model. Uh, and speaking of coordinate, uh, we've actually been like, trialing something like that with DowDow itself. So we actually run a coordinate like system every month 
Uh, we do not have it on chain yet, but you know, as we're learning and going through the process of of doing it ourselves, I wouldn't be surprised if like eventually we have a tool that integrates with DAO that allows uh, DAOs to do like coordinate style like um, uh, retro retroactive rewards for for people. Um, so the, I, I'm actually a huge fan of coordinate, but I, I actually know some of the uh, the founders of coordinate and some of the people that made it. So. Uh, I'd really love to see something like that with Dowdow as well. I think that's a really great model of like peer-to-peer compensation where your peers like vote on vote to recognize like who are the really great like you know contributors, you know, in the DAO. Um so, you know, I think compensation is gonna be something that we continue to experiment with. And, you know, as we like get best practices, we're going to try to like make them as like templates or like bake them into the UI as like much as possible. But really, I think when it comes to compensation, it's it's all about options because like not every DAO is going to be the same. Like some DAOs are going to want like more of a salary kind of model. Some DAOs are going to, yeah, some DAOs are going to want like traditional payroll. You know, we've actually talked with actual companies that want to use DAO and they definitely want like the payroll model. I think others might be down with like a more like commission-based system or uh, there's, you know, uh, Voting incentives, which Zeke was talking about, that's another really cool model. Um, and then I think, you know, these sort of peer-to-peer style, like, rating systems, like, coordinate are, are also really valuable. Um, and we, you know, like, there's nothing stopping that, like, that being built with Dado today. Uh, you know, uh, even coordinate itself is just a big Web2 application that at the end of the day, uh, it, you know, finalizes the, the token amounts, which are then voted on by the DAO. Um, so it's, it's, it's not too hard to build something like these. In fact, you, um, we are going to be re- writing and releasing some blog posts about how we do our compensation with Dowdow. It's, uh, you know, it's actually pretty, pretty radical cause you know, we're, we're a Dow first organization. Uh, but it's, it's definitely like more along the lines of coordinate style and, uh, we can definitely public publish those blog posts and, you know, other people are welcome to like, you know, kind of copy those patterns and templates, uh, eventually, once we feel like really good about the systems we've created, uh, we'll try to like make an app or maybe partner with someone. Like, I, I would actually be open to working with the coordinate team to like, um, you know, get use their app with Dowdow because it, it is really beautiful. And you know, oftentimes we don't really have to reinvent the wheel uh, if we can just like collaborate with people. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 you know, that's kind of my thoughts on on compensation, and I, I really like hope that like post V2, we're going to see the emergence of many different compensation models for DAO. Yeah. I think it's worth pointing hey, out on that. Guys, I just, I just got to jump in. Sorry. I, I got to yeah, dump no out, dip out like right now, but I just wanted to thank all you guys up here for coming. Cause I always love these chats and like, seriously, thank you so much for doing this and thank clean meads for hosting. And of course, Ed for joining us. Um, I got a dip, but yeah, seriously been great. See you guys. Ciao Timmy. Bye Timmy. Um, yeah, I just wanted to mention on that while Jake was talking, we really don't like being prescriptive here at Dada. So we're really like, before we're even building payroll, we're just trying it and seeing what emerges from that. And then wait until we feel that we understand it and can build an open source version ourselves after kind of knowing it. Cause we don't want to just decide what people need and then build that. Cause that's a waste of everyone's time. And that probably will actually cause more work in the future. So, um, um, else how Nick, one of our, one of the Dowd hours um, wrote an amazing blog post about how the first month drop went and he's going to write another one on our iterations of that for the second month. And it's going to be a really cool um, process to follow along with, I think. 
Yeah, I like the idea of having kind of like even like a sub DAO that's in charge of this compensation and can kind of like come up with models that make sense for for contributors because that way you can get more granular. I think people are really obsessed with this idea of like full blown decentralization, but there are like some good reasons why we don't have to necessarily take that approach with every problem we're trying to solve. It's true because like even when in peer to peer compensation systems, like how many people are actually capable of like voting on on like how many people are actually knowledgeable about all the code developments are, that are happening? Like a lot of the members in a DAO might not, might be non technical, and so they might not actually be really like well equipped to like assess the value of like code contributions, for example. So I, I think there's a lot more thoughts that need to be done about like all the different compensation systems, but. You know, that's kind of the beauty of working in DAOs in 2022 is like we are iterating rapidly and we're learning. And, and like Noah said, sorry about that. Oh, geez. Sounds like the cops are excited about DAOs too. Yeah, they're, they're so excited. <laughs> Damn. All right. Well, it was great talking with you all. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jake. Um, I mean, I, I guess um, a bit of a call to action, Rekt Gang, like, it sounds like you guys are already on Terra. I guess once ICS 721 is enabled on that chain, you guys might be able to like port some of your stuff over um, and and start using DowDow. Or I mean, maybe you want to even like launch a collection on Stargaze and and be able to kind of speed up that process um, because I know that they're setting up ICS 721 to pretty much work. I think out of the box with Stargaze is that is that right, Zeke? Yeah, I I, I uh, pretty strongly suspect that Stargaze and Juno will be the first two chains to support ICS721. Yeah, so there you go. That might be uh, one way to, to get some uh, exposure to the tooling and try it out. Yeah, s- sorry, guys. <laughs> I don't want to shill. We are launching a collection on Juno, actually, on October 25th. Our current collection is, is mainly on ETH and Polygon, so we use Snapshot a lot and all the tooling that's available on, on Ethereum. But super looking forward to using uh, the DowDow tooling, and I've been like a fan for a long time uh, since the Terra days. And our contracts are actually going to be uh, using uh, Axelar general message passing. I don't know if you're familiar with the tech, but basically uh, it'll, they'll be bridgeable. The NFTs will be bridgeable across Cosmos and Ethereum. That's kind of the big idea there. Uh, probably familiar with Axel USDC. Uh, but yeah, so thanks. I'm looking forward to using the tooling, absolutely. And uh, the developments of DowDow V2. Well, definitely join the Discord and like, you know, give us a shout if you have any questions or, you know, want to collaborate on stuff. It would be really great to like learn more about all the Axelar stuff because I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of communities would want to like bridge over from Ethereum or Polygon to use real DAO tooling. Um, even though Snapshot's great, it's just a poll. It's a Discord poll, but you know. Um, I, I think giving people the options to like, yeah, bridge over NFTs from like Polygon or, or wherever would be really sick. So yeah, please join our Discord. Like, would love to like collaborate on that. I'm in it. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Also, like, I think that was like the softest shill I've ever heard. So you're all good, dude. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it, it was kind of appropriate. Um, and then let's see. I I'm trying to see if I have anything else on the on my list. Um, the last stuff I really want to talk about is just kind of more call to action stuff. I feel like these spaces usually wrap up without really like a nice bow on them. So I'm going to do my best to to try and do that right now. Like, I mean, WinDAO and RAW are like perfect examples of DAOs that have basically used the back end smart contracts of DAODAO and created their own front end. So if you're a DAO that's kind of looking to use this model, like 
that that is open to you. Like if you have front end developers, you can definitely plug into the contracts and and make things you know look unique. You can also just use the DowDow platform if you want. Um, just like Jake just mentioned, following DowDow on Twitter and joining the Discord. Um, I, I'm going to probably put up a call to action tweet in a minute once we're done with the spaces here. Um, and the other cool thing is that if you hop into the Discord and you actually start contributing, uh, you have an opportunity to earn some DAO tokens. Um, and I'm not a developer, but I was able to encounter some bugs um, when we were setting up and kind of modifying our multi-sig. And you know, even I got a DAO token allocation, which was which was really cool. And I staked my tokens the other day, so I'm I'm excited to participate in the votes that are coming up on DAO DAO's DAO. Um, but unless anyone else has something to say, that's all I got. Um, what do you guys yeah. want to cap it off with? Real quick, um, if you guys are excited about the V2 UI, you think it looks really cool, you can hop in the Discord in the Bug Club channel, and it's actually a preview link is pinned. So if you want to help find bugs right now, you can just go to the Discord channel Bug Club, look in the pins, click the link, and you're already there. It works on testnet right now. So try it. Yeah, it's a great way to try out like an early version of V2 as well. Like get get that sneak preview. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for hopping in. This was a blast. Um, Ed, did you have any last comments? No, this was just amazing. So much, so much information, so much new stuff. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Appreciate the questions being answered and kind of like features teased. Uh, just can't wait for this to go online and definitely we'll hop on the discord and try to troubleshoot with you guys. Absolutely. Thank you guys for hosting. Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah. 100%. yeah thank, you, thank you so much. Thanks for checking out another episode of the ether. That was DAOs are the future with Dow Dow. Hosted by Cleomedus with Airdrops and Tendermint Timmy, Noah, EKs, Jay Cartnell, the Dow Maximalist, Croncat, and I think even the Wreck Gang came by to crop dust us with a little soft shill action. Recorded on Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. For Terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, make a proposal, get all your Dow friends to vote on it, and then head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions. Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing. All aggressive, insane from all directions. Smoke blows in when I start a session. Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers. Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck. Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush. Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers. Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse. But in the universe, I'm just writing some words. Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs. Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded
get into the shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse When you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up, driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble